So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media. Source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Welcome, listeners, to the Mike Check Podcast. I'm Joe, he's Kyle, and today, a conversation on spelling. Our fascination with spelling deepens. No, we're not going to make you listen to a, another Mike Check spelling bee. We're not going to be spelling today, uh, but what we are going to be doing is talking about spelling, and here's why. A few months back, I had an idea, and I tend to get, as you know, Kyle, a lot of ideas. Yep. Some ideas um, I get quite excited about, uh, some not so much. Uh, this was one of those ideas where I did get quite excited. You were fired up about this, the, uh, talking well, about it every time we went out for coffee. I, well, I I thought it was a good idea. I really and, and the excitement, uh, I guess, is a good indicator of, of how successful I think the idea will be. So mm-hmm. in this case, very excited. I thought we were onto something here. And the idea was this: I thought it would be great if Czech TV hosted an island-wide spelling bee. All right. Yeah. So what would that look like? Well, it would look like the American spelling bee that you have on TSN and ESPN every year, uh, except we do it locally. It would be hyper local. So I thought what we could do is we'd reach out to all the school districts on Vancouver Island uh, and we get them to help us uh, basically get our contestants together. So I thought we'd have about maybe 30 students. I didn't know what grades, but I was thinking younger, like five, six, seven in there. Um, And we would ask the the school districts, okay, we're doing this spelling bee. We need you to um, put forward some, some people, some students that would want to be part of this thing would be televised. So then I thought, okay, well, if the the school districts were on board, we'd maybe narrow it down, you know, three students from each school district. We'd, we'd book an auditorium or a theater. They'd come down one weekend and we would, do an actual spelling bee. We would reach out to the spelling bee of Canada organization. We'd reach out to local universities, maybe get some professors on board who would help uh, put together the selection of words that we'd ask the students to spell. Right. I mean, I really thought this through. Okay. <laughs> you're, you're, you're telling this story as though it it had happened in the past. What what changed? Well, hold Where on. Where are we well, at now? Well, I'll tell you what, but, but just out of the gates. Okay. Do you think this is a good idea? I I have been right there with you this whole time. Right. As you tell me each step further and further down, I'm like, yes, this does sound like a good idea. Uh, I told, okay, I told um, a teacher's assistant. Uh, at, I, I served breakfast every Tuesday morning at Georgia Elementary, and I told her this idea, and she went, that is the best idea ever. <laughs> Absolutely, we should do that. And then I told her why we're not doing it, and she went, oh, yeah, actually, that's pretty good. That's pretty good reason okay. for not doing it. So there's so the, a reason. There we're not is a doing reason. It. But hold on, let me just let me pitch you a bit more before okay. we bring in our guest who's <laughs> okay. waiting patiently. So I thought that we would have fun with it. Not only would it be a spelling bee, but think um, Little League World Series. Okay. Right. Okay. You're, you're a Kansas City guy out of the states. You, yeah. You watch Little League baseball, right? Oh, all the time. Yeah. So they have fun with it. They interview the the players. You know, what's your favorite movie? Who's your idol? Your role model? We could do this with our contestants and package it up. Maybe it was it would do it over three weeks. Um, anyway, I thought it was a great idea. 
I even pitched it to my superiors here. They thought it was a good idea. And I said, okay, so we're all on board. This is a great idea. Let me go to the superintendent. So I reached out to a few superintendents, including the superintendent we have with us today. And I was told, Joe, I don't know if this is a good idea. <laughs> this is, in fact, this might be a bad idea. Oh, no. And I don't want, you know what, actually, I'm not going to say why. Let's get our guest in and okay. he can explain why this, uh, this wasn't such a good idea. Uh, our guest today is the superintendent of the Nanaimo Ladysmith School District, SD68, Scott Saywell. Scott, thank you for joining Mike Check. Good morning. How are you? Good morning, Joe. Good morning, Kyle. I could not be better. How are you? Uh, I'm good. Uh, we're excited. Energy is high. I mean, I, every time I talk about this idea, I just I just <laughs> yeah. get more and more excited, Scott. You know that. Uh, spelling. I called you. No, I emailed you, right? That was the first uh, communication we had. I emailed you. And I said, uh, let's have this discussion about spelling. And I pitched you the idea that I just pitched our listeners. And you said what, Scott? Well, listen, uh, Joe, notwithstanding what I said at that time, I think you and Kyle might have convinced me right now. I say we go ahead. We do this. Cancel this episode. Podcast is <laughs> over. Thank you. Next time you'll hear from Scott is on the spelling bee. <laughs> uh, you know what, uh, Joe? I said uh, you caught me by surprise a little bit. And uh, I thought, um, I, you know, I'm not sure. Um, and by the way, I'm just uh, happy to be here this morning, not talking about anything related to COVID. So this is great. We're talking about teaching and learning. Us too. And yeah, yeah. Uh, we should do more of this. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, you know, I, I, my uh, first thought was, uh, I don't know, uh, the, the world, I, you know, as a, as a, a kid in school, uh, was involved in the odd spelling bee. And um the world has changed so much since then. Uh, and again, uh, yeah, they, I mean, they do it in the States in a big way. I, I mean, uh, fully televised and it's, and it's a big deal. And I, you know, my first thought is, uh, you know, the, um, the use of technology these days sort of makes spelling not as important as it was. And if we do a big thing um, would that sort of uh, say to kids, hey, this is really important. Uh, spelling is really important, which is, you know, for the most part, unless you get into older grades, is really about um, uh, memorization. Sort of the least impressive uh, things, uh, 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 thing you want kids to uh, get out of school, right? Um, sort of uh, low level learning, you know, remembering something. And uh, I was, I was, uh, I, I, I researched a little bit before we got on this morning and uh, Einstein said, anything uh, you can look up, you shouldn't have to remember. Interesting. I, uh, there's so many avenues <laughs> we can take this discussion. But, right? um, so what I told people, and it's essentially what you just said, was spelling from the school district perspective is no longer a good indication of intelligence. Is that correct? Yeah, it's really just uh, rote memorization. Um, and again, uh, you know, in, in the higher levels, if you're doing it, I don't know, maybe a high school spelling bee, it's, you, you can get into some history and science and um, etymology, right? Which is um, where the word phrase or how, how it, uh, it, it uh, developed, its relationship, root words, all of those things. 
Um, but, you know, grades five, six, and seven. I don't, and I don't think at the time, uh, Joe, I even knew what uh, grade you were thinking uh, because we tend to think of an elementary school thing. And uh, I just imagined kids putting all of this time into memorizing words. And maybe I'd rather have them. And by the way, I'm not against competition or anything mm -hmm. like that. Uh, I'm probably more against uh, getting a participation ribbon. I think competition is good. But, but you know, just maybe, maybe it's sending the wrong message. But isn't it a slippery slope if we, if we say, look, maybe we don't have to teach kids how to spell because we use computers so much these days and there's spell check. It almost, to me... And I'm not a parent, so I don't know, and I'm not a teacher, so I'm not an expert in this field. But there's a, a degree of laziness there where we're not going to teach this person how to spell because there's safety nets down the road. And you could apply this to other things too, like, you know, arithmetic, the times table. I remember growing when I was in school, I hated having to memorize the, the uh, times table up to 12 by 12. But... I was told, you know, you need to know this. You need to memorize this because it's the foundation for everything else. You can apply that to spelling. You need to know how to spell there the correct way because if you're writing uh, a paragraph or an e a thesis statement or I don't know. I mean, now I'm, as I'm saying it, the computer is going to help me out. So it's, it's sort of answering my own question. But, <laughs> but I do think that there's, there's a slippery slope here, Scott. And, and I think you know what I'm getting at. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think it relates well to learning timetables. I think there are some uh, fundam fundamentals that you need to learn both in uh, literacy and in numeracy that uh, allow you to do the uh, higher order um, problems in, in math, as an example. So I believe you need to learn your times tables. And so, you know, Einstein wasn't completely correct. And Einstein said that before the advent of the internet, of course. Um, <laughs> True. People don't know when Einstein lived, but it was a while ago. And uh, But they would have to memorize that. <laughs> if they were learning about it, they'd have to memorize when he was born, right? Yeah, but of course, there are some elements of truth to it. And, you know, spell check and um, even learning uh, cursive writing is uh, has, has, you know, gone the way of the dodo in, in lots of ways. Is it important to learn cursive writing? Is it important? And, I, and, and, maybe, and maybe to me, Joe, it's just about uh, providing that this, I think we, you know, when you uh, give it a platform and you sort of uh, heighten its um, legitimacy or something, mm -hmm. that's, that's kind of it was my first thought. Um, and then there's other things that are eh, rather important as well. Like it's, um, there's some equity issues in, in this that um, I'm always concerned about um, because, you know, education is the, the great equalizer. So, um, uh, no, I, 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 I won't do well, you know, um, students who are new to the country won't do well from low socioeconomic uh, situations won't do well. You're talking about the spelling bee won't do well in the spelling, the spelling bee. bee. Yeah, yeah, no. And, and I, I don't want to spend a lot of time discussing the merits really of, of having a check spelling bee. Like we can get away from that. What I thought was interesting though, was the reasons why we might step away from a spelling bee. So if, if spelling isn't as important as it was, I mean, are we even, do we have spelling bees right now? Like in your school district, are there spelling bees? Are our students required to learn how to spell and spell words? 
Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Um, so it's still happening. Yeah, in a, in a in a very small way, as a sort of a, a host of things we do to to build literacy skills, um, and the you know. And I'm not a, a literacy teacher or a reading recovery teacher. You know, the best thing to do is um, do it as as part of um, because there's there's lots to it. There's uh, uh, but as part of a, a whole host of things that you do, not just you know you get the list on Wednesday and you have to learn it by Friday, which is really uh, you know memorization. I think some of that's good, Joe, mm -hmm. but there's also, you know, phonemic awareness and uh, whole language. Um, who's, you go. who's driving this change, Scott? Is it parents or is it teachers? You know, clear, clearly there's someone saying we should take a step away from spelling and focus on other areas. And I'm just curious who's driving that. Yeah, uh, teachers are driving it. Uh, in BC, we have a really not so new anymore, but new and wonderful uh, curriculum that talks about uh, the difference between content and competencies. You, you talked about it as not a great indicator of success, spelling in and of itself, well, of course not. Um, uh, but, you know, we have to build uh, competencies, social, emotional awareness in kids, creativity, uh, critical thinking skills. Uh, I would argue those things are more important than in grit, um, which is really a, a perseverance, the real key indicator of success. Um, those are more important than content. But doesn't the judgment of success then become more subjective? If you don't have students being tested in black and white areas where there's a right answer and there's a wrong answer, and I think that in some of those early grades, when you're teaching people the foundation of math or English or a language doesn't have to be English, you know, that is when you do have black and white, yes and no. You either get it right or you get it wrong. Uh, and I think that if you take that away, then success becomes a little more subjective. Like maybe the, the role of the teacher becomes more important to, to as a deciding factor whether this person, this student can move on. You, you see what I'm saying? So I'm curious... Does it become more subjective? Does the teacher have, is the onus more on the teacher to make that determination whether a student has the skills necessary to move on to the next grade? Because we don't know, you know, in, in terms of spelling and arithmetic, if we're not asking them to learn those black and white, I keep calling them black and white things, but then really it comes down to a teacher's opinion on whether the student's ready to move on. Yeah, I, I think there's a good argument to suggest that um, every student's ready to move on. And uh, because there's, um, you know, in any, you know, pick a grade three class, there's a, a great deal of disparity between and amongst students. Um, and and uh, so we have, you know, sometimes we have split classes, uh, a three and four split. Um, there's not sometimes any greater disparity between uh, what students know and they don't know or understand. What's really clear in research is that um, you always promote students and you never hold them back. Uh, you keep them with their peer group because we all learn at different rates and at different times. And that's part of the problem with education is that everything works. How, everything how, works. how do you mean? Well, um, there are you know all kinds of uh, great teachers in in our school district, 
that uh, teach any individual uh, piece of content differently. And uh, sometimes it's um, visual or auditory or um, kinesthetic. Mm -hmm. uh, all kinds of ways to teach things that are going to connect with some kids and maybe not others. And um, again, everything, everything works to some extent. And, and what we try to talk about is those high yield activities. And there's some pretty good research on this. A guy my, by the name of John Hattie wrote sort of the, um, it's called visible learning. It's sort of, it's, it's a synthesis of all the good research in education. And it ranks um, what are some of the important things to do in education. Um, but yeah, and, and he will say, I, I stole that from Hattie. He will say, well, everything works in education. So well, of course. In his ranking though, Scott, what's high and what's low? Oh, uh, well, what's low? Uh, holding kids back a grade. Okay. Um, he even goes into, um, you know, things that happen in the home. Uh, you can imagine uh, the more you watch TV, um, the, the less well you do in, in school. He's got... 300 odd things he looks at. Um, some of the high yield things are uh, typically around uh, motivation mm. uh, for, for, for teachers to kids. So do students get held back anymore? Does that happen? No. No, it doesn't. No. Because kids learn at different rates and at different times. And, uh, and they'll catch up. Uh, I, I spoke earlier about reading recovery programs. Mm -hmm. uh, they'll get a little extra help. Uh, typically inside the classroom. We don't typically pull kids out of classes anymore as well. Um, you know, I, I have some pretty good examples in my own family who are very successful people who didn't think they were smart because they didn't do well in school. And uh, that's a shame because they're really bright people. And so, and maybe they, they don't think they were smart because they were asked to spell a word and they got it wrong. Some, right? Is that what you're getting at? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Interesting. Absolutely. So I well, or yeah, yeah and, and sorry, I was speaking to really the idea of holding a student back a grade because they didn't meet the outcomes. But the new curriculum has very little in the way of outcomes. Where a grade two class years ago would have Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 200 learning outcomes. Now we have the essential learning, the big ideas, and then uh, teachers have a little more flexibility. The thing is this, if every piece of information is at our fingertips, as a teacher, what are you going to decide to teach in your classroom? How, how do you... Um, say one piece of content is any better than another 
in history or, you know. And now let's talk about our sponsor, Budget Blinds Victoria. Budget. Kyle? B-U-D. Yeah, yeah. G. Yeah. E-T. I shouldn't ask you to spell. I remember when we did this yes, spelling, like the the spelling bee episode. <laughs> yeah, I should have put you on the spot like that. Budget. But you got it right. I yeah. mean, it's it's very easy. Budget Blinds Victoria. B-U-D-G-E-T Blinds. B-L-I-N-D-Z. I mean, no, S. Come S, on. sorry. <laughs> blinds when I'm talking on Instagram. Yeah. You know, I'm trying to be hip and cool. When Budget Blinds. You're texting about yeah. blinds. Well, none of this could be possible without the fine folks at Budget Blinds Victoria. Go see them on Fort Street. They have a wonderful showroom. Uh, and again, that showroom, very unique to Vancouver Island. Budget Blinds you will find all over North America. Lots of Budget Blinds offices, but Budget Blinds Victoria, one of the first places to have a beautiful showroom so that the Budget Blinds team can show off all of the wonderful products that they have that they will bring to your home, that they will install for you and clean and make look absolutely priceless yeah. in your home. Budget Blinds Victoria, go see them, tell them Mike Check sent you, and you won't be disappointed. Do you want to give them a now back to the program? And now, back to the conversation. <laughs> if nobody's getting held back, and we don't think, you know, memorizing words and, and times tables are things that are of value. Well, maybe they are. They're a little bit of value there, but not as important as they once were. Why why have exams and tests? I mean, if everybody's moving on, why are why are we testing for anything? Well, Joe, uh, you might know this. We have uh, literacy and numeracy assessments now at the secondary level, uh, but we don't have provincial exams. Essentially, um, there we don't we don't do them anymore. And so, uh, maybe to an earlier point, I think we need. Uh, a but during certain... the school year, Scott, there's you know, I'm just thinking back from when I was in school. There was there'd be tests on things. You'd learn a couple chapters, you'd read some chapters, and you'd have a t- test. Kyle, am I off here? You had tests in your school growing up. Yeah, we had tests. Right. But it sounds like maybe that's not the way it is anymore. Well, but that's what I'm getting at here. I did know about the provincial structure. I knew that provincial yeah. exams were gone. Um, but during the school year, do do you, are there tests and exams on? on content learned in class? Well, absolutely. But but not as much not as many as there were. Um yeah, they, they, sometimes uh they'll do it in a different way. Uh some schools have uh you know at the end of the year they'll do something called a celebration of learning where uh um students will present to their class, their teachers, sometimes members from the community on a particular topic uh, that they've learned. So they have to show that they've learned the topic. Yeah, really. Yeah, really great uh, displays. But, um, you know, I don't think, uh, you know, you're suggesting maybe the or maybe you're not, but sometimes I think, well, the pendulum has gone too far the other way. And, uh, you know, we need standards, of course, and uh, students do need to learn how to read. And they do need to learn their um, times tables and, and, and numeracy skills. And how do you know if they've learned it? Well, um, there are ways to um, uh, check for understanding that, that aren't on tests either. 
right? Classroom discussions, or yeah. even uh, I've seen teachers circulate uh, through the classroom and check for understanding with students before they can move on to the the next thing. It seems to me with this shift that we've been talking about this whole episode that the role of the teacher is even more important than it once was. Because, you know, 20, 30 years ago, if a teacher was asked, well, is this student, has this student learned the curriculum? Are they ready to move on? They say, oh, absolutely, because we've tested them eight times and they have an average of B+. Plus, right, you know? here's the result. So now with everything you're saying, it sounds like the, it's a much deeper discussion and a broader discussion about, well, is that student ready to move on? And it really comes down to the teacher saying, yes, the, I have seen, I've witnessed, this student has uh, shown to me that they have grasped the elements that we're talking about in, in this semester. Is that right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I, I, you know, uh, more important than ever. Yeah. So if you thought, you know, just moving to online education and uh, just remembering facts, which is, you know, not completely what we did, you know, 30 years ago, but um, largely uh, we did. We, uh, and we regurgitated that information on a test, you know, when mm. was the war of 1812? Yeah. Um, right. That, that kind of thing. Well, um, again, 18, 1812, by the way, <laughs> good one. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> um, there, the teacher as a facilitator of learning is incredibly important, sort of more of the guide on the side to, to help kids not only memorize things, but to understand, um, to apply their learning, to analyze it, uh, to evaluate the learning themselves and to uh, create their own content. Um, now, what I just went through there was Bloom's taxonomy. Have you heard that before? No. So again, at the bottom uh, pyramid structure is a very sort of least impressive, which is uh, memorizing something or remembering it to the top, which is creating your own information based on a, you know, a, a strong uh, analysis and, you know, you've evaluated information. One of the big things today, Joe, you might know this in your field is a problem with fake news. And uh, what source do you believe? Mm -hmm. And can you analyze the information and evaluate it? I hate to bring it up, but we have lots of people who are confused about the efficacy of a safe and effective vaccine, right? right. And they're confused about all of those uh, news sources out there that aren't providing good information. I've taken this in a new direction and let's you, you bring me back, but there's a, there's a great example of um, we need to teach kids how to uh, evaluate a good source from a bad source mm -hmm. and apply their learning with uh, what they already know. Um, a real challenge today, uh, particularly in some country down South, uh, but to a lesser extent here. Can you talk about some of the other changes that, may surprise our listeners. I mean, some of this obviously surprised me or else we wouldn't be talking about it, but this shift away from things like we mentioned, the times tables and spelling, and uh, you talked about handwriting and cursive. Cursive, I get. I mean, I, I, that one makes sense to me. When I, I actually think when I was learning cursive back in, I remember it was grade three, you learned cursive in grade three thinking, when am I ever going to use this? You know, <laughs> I really liked learning cursive. I, 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 I liked learning it too, but I just thought I, you know, I did, I, I resorted back to printing in grade four. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you got to learn how to sign your name, but then it just turns into a scribble. Anyway, yeah. So. It, it, are there any other um, pieces of curriculum that you think have gone away or have changed 
in recent years? Yeah, I think, um, yeah, I, I, you know, this, this idea of uh, core competencies is a, is a real critical one. So you learn to read and write and in schools and what makes you successful in the real world is saying and doing, right? Mm -hmm. Communicating, um, you're successful, Joe, because you're a good communicator. Um, and you probably persevered and you had some grit somewhere along the line. Um, you probably uh, did well in school as well, but, but that's not the indicator so much anymore. And so uh, communication skills, mm -hmm. uh, thinking skills, as I mentioned, creative thinking skills, particularly um, in the 21st century, really, really critical skills uh, for the future. Adaptability, that's a key one. Um, employers are looking for a good work ethic, you know, that grit and perseverance and personal and social skills. Um, when I'm hiring people, uh, I'm not hiring on IQ. I'm hiring on EQ. Um, I'm hiring on um, their ability to get along with other people. Yeah. Um, their social emotional intelligence. Uh, those are really key elements. And I, you couldn't say that uh, 30 years ago, mm -hmm. 20 years ago, maybe 10. Um, so again, with the world's information at our fingertips, uh, what is important to learn and what's important to remember? Uh, you know, the, uh, the guy who knew what was on the B side of the uh, Pink Floyd album was, uh, he was a genius. And we all know someone like that, sure. right? Who could have all that sort of uh, unique and uh, ultimately meaningless information uh, stored in their brain. What about required reading? I mean, a lot of people think back to the English classes they had and, and the books they had to read in those English classes. And I think that there, there are things that have happened in the world that we've covered in the news, you know, around equality and, and human rights issues and racism. And I think that some, some of the older books have been, um, have been brought out of circulation for some of those reasons, but are, has required reading changed? Has some of the books that our parents were, were, were brought up and, and, um, educated on, uh, been removed from the curriculum? Yeah, a few. Uh, yeah. Um, you know what I, I like to see, and um, my, uh, my, my kids are through the system. My son's in, uh, in grade 12 this year. Okay. And what I like to see is choice, because um, it's really important that students connect to whatever book they're reading. And uh, he was given all kinds of choice in grade 11 English. I don't think he had much in the way of required reading. I love that. You know, read whatever book you want and then show me these things that would, be, would apply to every book, you know, but you get to pick the content. I, I think that's great. Yeah. Um, in the early grades, it's um, learning to read. And then in the later grades, it's reading to learn. So the key is to raise a reader. That's mm. the key. Yeah. Um, if you keep uh, providing uh, children with books that they like, uh, you'll raise a reader. Uh, as a parent, it's lots of time in, of course, uh, but it's uh, you know the most important work. So now, like, your, is your son going to go to post-secondary? Does he want to go to post-secondary after grade 12? 
Uh, yeah, well, my, my son talking about uh, saying and doing is in a great program we have that's uh, in the Career Technical Center. And so in his grade 12 year, uh, he's up at VIU in, uh, in the trades area. He's oh, in the wow. carpentry program. I love that. I love that. Same. Yeah. So uh, my daughter is in a third year university up at VIU mm-hmm. and uh, she, you know, took a different path. And, um, you know, uh, I hope they're both successful in but in in different ways. But now, I mean, again, I think back to when I was in grade 12, it was all provincial exams. Like you took a provincial exam and that was worth 40, 50 percent of your final mark. And those marks determine whether you got into university or not. Now it's not. It's the it's the. The assessments, correct? Yeah, it's it's a challenging proposition for them, of course, but they're not quite to the point where they can look deeper into who students are that they're uh, allowing into the university, and so oftentimes they'll take, um, you know, their their grade 11, 12 marks. Got it. Uh, and making decision uh, that way. So we've we've talked. Um, there was a provincial body a couple of years ago looking at this with places like. Uh, uh, UBC uh, connected to this work. Uh, so, and, and this is when we started uh, getting rid of the um, provincial exams. And so uh, universities were wondering, okay, well, now how do they uh, allow kids into their uh, institutions? Right. And so there's a conversation that continues, but uh, it's, it's, it's challenging for them, I appreciate. Scott, what do you say to the person out there listening who thinks that these changes that we've talked about today in curriculum aren't good, that we need to go back to um, testing. We need to know who's going to pass, who's going to fail. There's no no more participation ribbons, uh, no more you're all going to move on to the next grade. You need to study, you need to learn, you need to prove on a test that you know the content, and if you get above 50%, then you can move on. And that's the way to teach people. It's not, we're all, we're all moving on no matter what. What do you say to that? Because there are people out there, there are parents out there, and I bet you there are some teachers out there too that feel like that is a better way to teach people. So what do you say to those critics? Well, uh, I would say that I'm all for it. Let's go back to a traditional, that's what they want, a traditional education. And uh, we'll go back to a traditional time. I don't know how you do that uh, because you'll go back to a traditional education with uh, students today that are far advanced of the students back in the day. That model might have worked back then. It might have, uh, but it's a it's a much different time. Uh, turn off all your cell phones, I guess, and and um, you can only learn from nine to three. And uh, yeah, we can we can go back to that. I, you know, my sarcasm is almost undetectable, I assume. Um, I, you know, um, it's, uh, it's just a different time. And um, it, it makes me think a, a whole bunch of things. Um, you, you know what, if you're running a private institution, you can do that. And uh, students will probably do that. Um, students in, uh, you know, West Van that have a 99.9% grad rate they could probably do that they can um, probably do anything uh, and students will be motivated to um, jump through whatever hurdle they need to Mm -hmm. Uh, 
but generally speaking, kids will uh, will not. Um, you know, they'll they'll uh, they'll vote with their feet, frankly, yeah. and um, it won't be a good situation. Kids have changed so much. They're brighter, more creative. Um, it just it just will not work. You know what I think we've learned today? I think we've learned that if Czech is going to proceed with any sort of broadcast involving the great students on this island, I think we just have to open it up. It just has to be a broad talent show, just a, a, a <laughs> celebration of uh, them and what they can do. And then we just open the door and say, come show us what you can do. And I bet you we'd be amazed. Our jaws would hit the floor of how impressive these students are. But um, what do you think about that, Scott? You think that's a good idea? A check well, I love that. I think, I, I think I mentioned a, uh, it, it used to be a competition and now it's a, uh, a presentation of learning, something we do uh, called Tukestanch which is a celebration of the Hulkaminum language. Mm. And so we have uh, students from all kinds of schools um, in, the, in the central island, uh, Cowichan, Nanaimo, Ladysmith. And we have a celebration of the Hulkaminum language and kids get up and they share what they know. Uh, come join us then, Joe. Yeah. Um, that is a true celebration of learning. And so um, I absolutely agree with you. And again, I, I'm not against competition. Um, I'm, I'm actually against the participation badge because kids who finish last and get a badge know that, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's not great. They don't, they don't feel great about that either. Yeah. I had a whole wall of them growing up. So. <laughs> Same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Scott, thank you for your time. That was a very enjoyable conversation and, uh, we really appreciate you coming on mic check. Thank you very much. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.